0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
1: Hello and welcome to the Ice Skies, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game,
0: every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron and Veterans sports writer, Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron.
2: Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Tuesday, April 13th. It is your host, Ian Cameron, with you as always, and we should be joined momentarily by Jimmy Murphy, who has been working his fingers to the bone. Uh, And he has been a nose to the grindstone, so to speak, for the last 24 to 48 hours covering trade deadline day, specifically uh, from a Boston Bruin standpoint. This will be our first chance here uh, on the show today to get uh, Jimmy Murphy's thoughts and opinions uh, on what took place uh, during the NHL trade deadline. Not exactly the flurry of activity That I'm sure uh, people were expecting going into it. Uh, I I can't say I'm shocked. We see this every year. Everybody gets all fired up. TSN and Sportsnet uh, in Canada roll out this all day uh, coverage of the NHL trade deadline. And really all that ends up happening uh, is, you know, a couple of trades here and there and nothing, you know, that's just earth shattering. Uh, and most of the bigger deals were Sunday night, you know, the Nick Felino trade, the Taylor Hall trade. And I already talked about those on yesterday's show, so I won't go into those once again. So if you missed Monday's show, make sure you listen to it or watch it again. Uh, I gave you my thoughts on the Nick Felino trade for Toronto, the Jeff Carter trade to Pittsburgh, um, the Taylor Hall trade to Boston. I can't wait to hear what uh, Jimmy Murphy has got to say about the uh, Taylor Hall trade when he joins us in a few minutes uh, but definitely, yesterday we saw a few more deals done. Uh, I'm disappointed the Winnipeg Jets didn't do more to uh, shore up the blue line because that is definitely that one uh, area of their team that needs improvement going into the playoffs. They need more depth at, on, de- on defense along the blue line, and I'm not sure they adequately answered those questions by bringing in Jordy Ben. Jordy Ben's a nice five-six defenseman. Uh, who can, you know, play in in different situations, but he's a fifth and sixth defenseman also for a reason. His play can sometimes be erratic. He sometimes uh, gets caught out of position, turnovers uh, in his own zone at times. So that is definitely, uh, it's a nice move in terms of getting better depth, but it's not that, wow, that's that really, you know, top four defenseman that's really going to make this group better. And look, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, Maybe it wasn't. Maybe had to pay too much of a price. I know they were in on Jamie Alexiak from the Dallas Stars, who I thought would have been an excellent addition to the Winnipeg Jets blue line. Because let's be honest, that's the one flaw they have. I like the center ice position with Shifley, Dubois, Adam Lowry, Nate Thompson. I love that foursome uh, in terms of the center ice spot. Their forward group is outstanding in terms of their ability to score goals, generate offense. They've got the elite goaltender and Connor Hellbuck. Their question is their blue line uh, because it's a younger group with Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk and Tucker Poolman, uh, you know, on this Winnipeg Jets blue line. There's not a lot of those big-time, minutes-eating, veteran-experienced uh, upper echelon uh, defensemen that are on this Winnipeg team, and it would have really been nice for them to add a Jamie Oleksiak or someone to really uh, insulate that blue line. The Jordy Ben piece, I don't think it was enough. Uh, So kind of disappointed they didn't get more than that to uh, help that blue line. I think part of the reason why uh, they didn't get Alexiak either is because from a Dallas stars perspective, look, they drove up the asking price. You know, they're a team that hasn't given up themselves on making the playoffs with the fact that they still believe they can get in. They're not going to part ways with anyone on their current roster unless someone pays the, uh, the Piper and, and makes it something that is up to their makes it worth their while to say, hey, we're we're going to trade away a guy uh, like Jamie Alexiak, and I, I think that's a big part of it. The fact that the Dallas Stars have kept themselves at least somewhat afloat here in the playoff race, thinking they still can be a playoff team and, and maybe make a run to get in, and, and Winnipeg was just not willing to, uh, you know, part with the a uh, price that was being asked for Jamie Alexiak to the Dallas Stars. So I think that's also another reason why uh, a deal didn't get done there. The big deal yesterday, of course, the big trade, and uh, there were a bunch of minor ones here and there. Uh, you know, the, the Canadians made some upgrades on their blue line. They get Eric Gustafson, who's a good offensive defenseman, but he's not good at all in his own zone. But it's he's a guy that's going to move the puck, can play on the power play, can give you some points from the blue line. But I'll tell you, he's not a good defensive defenseman. So he'll help Montreal – uh, in that standpoint, offensive side of the puck. Uh, but defensively, I think there's some issues there. The Anthony-Mantha trade was the big one yesterday. Detroit and Washington getting that deal done. Look, Mantha's going to help Washington. He can score goals. He's a very good top six forward. He's pretty good away from the puck as well. This is a guy that does, does compete, plays that 200-foot game, uh, two-way a style of hockey from Anthony-Mantha. You get that. I think it's a nice addition for Washington. But, man, they paid they paid a lot to get him. You know, they gave up a lot the other way to the Detroit Red Wings. I think if you're Steve Eiserman, the general manager uh, of the Detroit Red Wings, you're actually pretty uh, happy uh, with what you got uh, in return uh, for Anthony Mantha. You got Jacob Vrana, who is uh, an outstanding and very underrated uh, skilled forward, uh, who has, you know, put up 20 goals, you know, multiple seasons now with the Washington Capitals, a nice offensive piece in return. You stockpile the prospect shelf. You stockpile the draft cupboard, you know, with some picks as well uh, in this deal uh, that sent Anthony Mantha to Washington. I think you did well uh, if you're the Detroit Red Wings. No question, because you're looking at the long-term vision uh, right now for this franchise and the long-term view of it, which is, you know, we're going to continue to build and continue to get better uh, long-term and and rebuild this organization, rebuild this franchise, replenish our prospect pool, uh, and look to compete, say, in, you know, two, three years from now maybe even four years from now this could even be a longer rebuild than that i think detroit probably is one of those teams that is probably maybe going to have a longer rebuild than some other teams so uh, i think the fact that uh, steve eiserman got what he got in return for anthony manta i think it was pretty solid you know for a guy that's thinking long term rebuild get the prospects get the picks just have a huge surplus of these kind of trades you know, in the next several months, the next couple of years, and build this thing up from the ground up again. Uh, the haul he got in return for Mantha, I thought was good. Mantha's going to help Washington; makes them better, no question. Uh, but I like the return that Detroit got for Anthony Mantha. And look who's joined us, Jimmy Murphy. I'm shocked he's still alive and breathing after the he- <laughs> hellacious, hell, uh, busy as hell in the last couple hours or so that he's endured. But he survived. He's with us. He's ca- highly caffeinated. That certainly mm-hmm. uh, has helped. Well, uh, Jimmy trade deadline, it's come, it's gone. The floor is yours. Takeaways. What, what stands out to you coming out of the deadline? Well, I, I think what stands out to me is
1: that, you know, it was interesting as we went, went into this deadline, a lot of fans and, and a lot of media too, just didn't believe that the prices were going to drop for a lot of these guys. Uh, and that, you know, you would see a Taylor Hall go for a second round pick and, a. You know, a borderline roster player in Anders Anders Bjork. So um, this was this is the world we're in now, guys. I mean, it's 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 a very uh, erratic, uh, sporadic, uh, you know, trade market right now, and I think the free agent market will be the same way again in the off season because of the pandemic, because of all these teams uh, being so close or at or above the. Uh, flattened salary cap. And so uh, it's just, it's very interesting trying to navigate through the waters. And I think a lot of GMs, you know, found that out in the last week. I, I think some of them did well. I, I the deal close to home here that I had to cover a lot of that Taylor Hall deal. I, you know, I think it's a big TBD when I, when I grade that, I really can't give it a grade. It's one of those. I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, you know, Taylor Hall, as he admitted to us, uh, to the media yesterday, he doesn't have confidence in his game right now, and he's lost. Um, now, he was – it has a lot to do with the situation he was in in Buffalo, so hopefully a new surrounding, new teammates, uh, a new place in the standings can can kind of change that, but you never know. And the other thing I worry about, too, is the stories I've heard, and, you know, I've said it plenty of times on here, is the type of teammate he is and, and how he'll fit in in a, in a dress room like that. Now that the – you know, the narrative here is, well, the Bruins have such a great core and they'll be – He'll be fine and they can guide him and, and kind of change his ways. No, nobody's gonna change his ways except Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall needs to change Taylor Hall. And until he does that, I don't think he'll ever fully reach. Now I got he got the heart to if you know, but I don't think he'll reach the potential that many still think he can reach. So that's an interesting one right there. Um, I, I thought that the, the Sam Bennett deal, though, on the flip side, I thought they got quite a lot. You know, who would have thought, you know, a lot of people. Figured Taylor Hall would go for more than Sam Bennett, but that wasn't the case. And they got a lot. So um, I think Calgary did a good job there. I think the Chicago Blackhawks did a great job of uh, building up the, uh, the the stockpile of prospects and draft picks again as they continue their rebuild. Uh, they didn't have to give up much off their roster at all, like uh, any young guys are doing it. And, you know, they're still in a hunt a bit. So I thought they were interesting. Um, I, I, I thought another team obviously – is a Tampa Bay lightning and you know, the rich get richer. And I, I really love that David Savard deal that they made. I think that's huge for them. Um, and, and then I think the Florida Panthers, yeah, they gave up a lot for Sam Bennett, but I think he is probably that missing piece they needed. Uh, I think he's going to excel there, uh, in Florida. So a lot of interesting things there, Colorado got more goaltending depth. Uh, we'll see how they do. Uh, you know, I thought the LA Kings was interesting. i had heard Jeff Carter's name, the last two NHL trade deadlines and a lot in the off seasons, Uh, In years past, uh, and he finally gets dealt to the Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe that can, you know, get his game going again, playing with Sidney Crosby, Uh, you know, maybe get the magic they had back in 2003 on the uh, world team. But uh, it's, it's an interesting deadline. And I'm just interested to see how it all pans out going forward. Uh, And I think we can expect more of that uh, as we go into the offseason again.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And great, good job. I bring it up Sam Bennett because I didn't bring that up uh, in my a little in, in opening salvo to this show. And yeah, the, I mean, obviously I like the Calgary got a lot back. The prospect they got could be a big, a good player in this league. They got some draft picks back. And uh, for a guy that obviously just didn't perform, like his numbers are absolutely brutal this year uh, for the Calgary Flames. But yeah. from the Sam Bennett Florida perspective, hey, change of scenery. He, need, he needed a fresh, clean slate a new start somewhere, break free from the tough situation in Calgary. Now you're going to a winning team, team that's going to be in the playoffs. This is a chance for him to just exhale, take a deep breath, wipe the slate clean, and start fresh. And I think that's probably going to end up being a good thing for Sam Bennett. It wouldn't surprise me now to see him get going as well.
1: For sure. And a a team I can't believe I forgot. I apologize to our Toronto fans out there. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, I mean, I think they did a great job. I think David Riddick is a good pickup. It's just a calming situation in Calgary. But I've liked what I've seen of him as a backup goalie. I, I think he's going to be great for them at the goaltending depth there. And obviously, they got Jack Campbell. He had his first kind of off game last night. But I think overall, they've kind of secured that position. I think that was the biggest question mark they had going in. I, I wonder, though, what to stay, say for this, uh, you know, the future Freddie Anderson there. He's a pending UFA uh, I don't see him being there past this season. Uh, I, I think that he's been healthy enough to play. I just think they didn't want him back. He just wasn't working out for Freddie Anderson there for whatever reason. So I, I like what they did, and I think the, the Felino deal is huge. Getting Nick Foligno, uh, you know, you look at Toronto, they've got all the flashy offensive weapons there. They've got all the, the finesse and the skill they need. They've got enough of that. That's never been the issue the last couple of years. What's been the issue is getting guys – that know how to win guys that know how to get through the grit and the traffic in front and pay the price in the playoffs and get down and dirty. And that's what they got in Nick Felino. And he's a great character add to that team right now. You Now you couple that with Spezza and Thornton there and uh, Wayne Simmons. And it's just all of a sudden, a lot of leadership in that locker room. And I think we've talked about it a couple of times, Ian, is it's just the ability that the Maple Leafs are showing these days of battling through uh, game-to-game adversity and also in-game adversity. So I like them right now. And, you know, I was tempted to just go out right away yesterday and tweet to them, you know what? I think the Leafs are going to the Cup Final. But I'm not going to say that yet. Um, but I do think they at least make it out of the uh, the North Division. And I know people are going to say, well, that's no big deal. But it is. Any You know, any playoff series win is a big deal. And so I, I think they can make it out of the uh, the North there.
2: Yeah, every time – people want to pick the Leafs and look there's they did a lot of there's a lot to like about the way this team is constructed going into the Stanley Cup playoffs this year more than more than any previous year but there's that black cloud in the form of a four-digit number one nine six seven that keeps you from basically ever predicting them to win anything yeah 1967 of course the last time (laughs) they won the Stanley Cup that's what always brings you back and says you know what I'm not going to be that horse's ass that says this team's going to win it all when we've seen nothing but one disappointment after another, one heartbreak after another. They still rant and rave about 1993 and the missed high stick from Gretzky on Gilmore in the the series against the LA Kings. I mean, it's just the the, the, the sob story of the Leaf fan is very well known and have heavily uh, publicized uh, and that something always seems to keep them away from winning it. But, hey, this is as good a chance as they've ever had. I think, with this yep. group right now in a very long time. We'll see what they can do. Uh, you mentioned Colorado. Yeah, I love what they've done. I don't know what Sackick's doing. Let's go from Hunter Miska, a very, very porous backup goalie, to a, a slightly less mediocre backup goalie and Jonas Johansson. Uh, I'm not sure, but now we'll go to Devin Dubnik, a slightly less mediocre <laughs> backup goalie option. So I honestly don't know if they've addressed uh, their backup goaltending, but uh, we'll have to wait and see if it works out for them. But uh, obviously. They don't have to worry about that as long as Philip Grubauer stays healthy. That's going to be the key. You have him healthy, uh, you're not going to have to worry uh, about any of that stuff. And as for Taylor Hall, you're right. He said, I actually thought he came across all right in the in the media session on Zoom. I saw that. You know, he said he's not. He was honest at least that he's not happy with his game. Uh, he's, he's not been good. He said individually, it's not been good for me uh, this season. And yeah, I, I'm worried because I saw a bad playoff in Arizona last year what I'm encouraged by is Pierre Lebrun's reporting that there was a better offer on the table for Buffalo and Kevin Adams from a Western conference team for Taylor Hall, but they they didn't pull the trigger on it because Taylor Hall was adamant. He really wanted the chance to play in Boston uh, with the Bruins. So Kevin Adams decided to make the deal with the Bruins. It was maybe not as good of a deal from a Sabres perspective, but he made the deal with Boston, uh, with Taylor Hall because Taylor wanted to play there and look, If one organization is going to uh, get someone, snap them to attention, get them into shape quickly, and say, hey, this is the Bruin way. The one thing the Bruins have done is their competitiveness, the work ethic, the accountability. That's all been part of the Boston Bruins for the last decade, and it still is, in my opinion, as long as you've got a guy like Patrice Bergeron as your captain of the team. If there's any team that maybe it could fit, he can slide a little under the radar, He's not the Marshawn Bergeron Posternock dynamic lead dogs offensively for this team. He can slide back down into a second-line role, fly a little under the radar, a little less pressure. So for those reasons, I'm going to leave the door open for some success for Taylor Hall with the Boston Bruins. But I still need to see it before I believe it. But if if you're looking for reasons why maybe things could work for him, you're going to say, hey, if if he can't fit in, if he's going to be this much of an issue with the dressing room, with the teammates, with the Boston Bruins, it's never going to work anywhere else for him ever again, you know, essentially at this point. So that's the challenge to Taylor Hall. You you wanted to play here. You've got a team that's going to hold you accountable. You got, you've got you held yourself accountable. Uh, and it's a Boston Bruins team that they they don't deal with, you know, problems, issues, you know, if, if you know, they'll, they'll take care of it if there's going to be a problem with him, uh, but this is his chance to show what he's all about. Let's see what he can do with the opportunity. That's all. That's all I'll say with Taylor Hall. You know, I and my heart of hearts, I don't think it's going to work out. But uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong for the Bruins, and I'm hoping for him that I'm wrong. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see. We'll right, see. Good. I did
1: yeah. like the other yeah. guys too. The other guys I got were good as well. I I think Michael is a good depth backup.
2: Yeah. Yep. yeah. He's really good offensively too, which is going to lead me into the bet I like in that Buffalo-Boston game in just a bit uh in this one uh but we'll start with the uh tuesday card now we'll break down the games rangers and devils uh we'll start there uh new york uh big road favorite here in this one uh currently around minus a 175 road favorites total six across the board i do like the rangers here and i i, I took them in regulation although i do know that nico Hischier is coming back tonight uh for the new jersey devils and say what you will about the devils i thought you know, after the Zajac and Paul Palmieri trade, you know I thought this team would tank a little bit, struggle a bit, and offensively they'd have some problems. They really haven't. Offense hasn't been their issue. They've scored goals. They scored a bunch against Buffalo. Two games they scored against Pittsburgh. You know, in both of the games against the Penguins that they lost, the problem is they couldn't keep the puck out of their own net. Defensively, they've really s- struggled the last few games. Uh, this New Jersey Devils team, and I think that's a little bit the loss of Zajac. Zajac's one of the better defensive forwards going. And without him, you know, that's exactly since that trade happened. They've scored a little bit, but the defensive game for the Devils has really gone downhill, Uh, and that could be trouble against the Rangers with the ability that this team has offensively right now. Jad percolating. Uh, Panarin's been great since he's returned. Uh, This is a Rangers team that's playing better. I thought they... Great account of themselves, Jimmy, against the Islanders. They beat the Islanders 4-1 in the first game. And even in the second game, they got down 2-0, came back to tie it, had some chances to win it, and the Islanders won in overtime. I still like the way the Rangers are going. If they're going to make the playoffs or push to get in and catch the fourth team in in this division, uh, they are going to need to win games like this, plain and simple. Uh, I'll go ahead with the Rangers here in regulation. I also like the over. Uh, in this game look new jersey's been an over machine lately and the rangers have been scoring and rangers versus devils head-to-head every game between them this year has gone over the total so i'm going to stick with that here in this one rangers in regulation and over six uh, in this one jimmy what's your thoughts here rangers taking on the devils
1: well you know what I, i'm I'm kind of with you there uh the devils you know what i was watching them the other night they, they're losing, but they're, they're still they're playing a little better in my eyes. They're they're, they're showing some bright spots there, and they're kind of at the point. Now, nah, let's face it. They're like, who cares? We're just looking ahead to next year. We're fighting for jobs in this lineup right now. So a little more carefree, a little more lax, a little more loose out there, and I think that leads to goals, of course. So I'm with you. I like the over in this game, uh, and I'm going to go with the team total over for the New York Rangers as well. So two official plays there.
2: Yeah, that makes sense, too, because you're seeing New Jersey concede four plus in a lot of these games lately. And the Rangers team totals over three and a half at a, at a decent price. So uh, I could see that one being a good way to go as well uh, in this one. We've got Boston and Buffalo uh, next up. Uh, of course, it's uh, expected to be the debut of Taylor Hall with the uh, Bruins. Curtis Lazar is a nice little pickup, too. I mean, he's, he deserves some mention, too. Uh, could yeah. be a good depth forward. Didn't- I think he had some tough situations in Ottawa and Calgary. I don't hold that against him. I think he could thrive here in a depth forward role with Boston.
1: Yeah, I'd agree, and I think uh, if I'm Sean Corrali, I kind of look look out. I don't know if I'm. In, I have a job coming up because he's an unrestricted free agent. He's been in and out of the doghouse uh, with Cassidy this year. Uh, they're going to give Lazar every opportunity he can uh, to secure a spot there in the fourth line, and you know that could push uh, Corrali out. But with this game, guys, yeah, th- I see a lot of goals in this game. There's another one where yep. I feel a lot of offense coming. Uh, I know, you know, Jeremy Swayman's been pretty good. Uh, the most he's let in is three goals in one game. And that was in his last game, a 3-2 loss to Philly on Saturday. Um, but right now, you factor in new players, getting in the lineup, getting used to each other. That could lead to mistakes and be thinking a little too much. Uh, so you, I could see goals going both ways. I love the over in this. And I'm going to go again. I'm going to do an over total. And I'm going to do a team total over and take the Bruins team total in this as well.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent agree. You know, I've been on some Boston overs the last couple uh games, especially the Washington game the other night. That was my best bet Sunday. By, by the Washington way, Boston, I apologize, a you guys. I see it coming.
1: Yeah, I was a little uh under the weather after celebrating a little too much over the UMass victory on Saturday night. Uh, but well worth it. It was a good time. Um, what a win by them too. Congrats to UMass. But yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, when I saw that, Ian, that they you know they were going to have four regulars out on D, I totally flaked. I should have messaged you guys, I Paul. I'm sure you caught it though too, and you told the viewers here. But I mean, if that Capitals puck line wasn't the the biggest layup of puck lines we've seen in ages here, I don't know what was. I mean, that was just a gimme from the from the betting gods, man. And they they were just the Bruins were a sacrificial lamb in that game, and they had an AHL defense out there. And, man, I hit big. I put 100 on the puck line there, so that paid out nice. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I like the, I like the over in this game. And, uh, you know, maybe going forward, if they can get that top six going with Taylor Hall in there, they're going to be an over team uh, for the
2: stretch around here. That's exactly where I am on this game, absolutely over five and a half. I'm right back on it. I, I really like it. Look, Buffalo's finding some some offense right now. Casey middlestat can't stop the guy right now. How about that? He's like, he's gone all season. And you can barely notice him. And, and really since Eichel got injured and Hall, you know, they held him out and he's gotten more ice time. Casey Middlestad, uh is making the most of it for the Buffalo Sabres. Olafson's scoring, Reinhardt's chipping in. Uh, they're getting some of their depth forwards. Their power play has been better. Uh, the Sabres, even their five on five offense. Look, they, they were down three, two to Philly. And here they are coming back to beat them five, three. Uh, the other night and they're scoring goals right now, the Sabres and Boston. We talked about it. I th- said it on Sunday um, when I loved the over five and a half with the Bruins and the Capitals, three starting defensemen out was Grizzlick It was McAvoy. It was Carlo. It was Miller. Uh, and, you know, even even go to John Moore, you know, in terms of the injured blue liners right now for the Boston Bruins, you're going to stand up with all this inexperience and all these key guys that play key situations, big minutes, Power play, penalty kill, five on five, and you're going to go up against Ovi, Oshie, Kuznetsov, and all of those capitals? Yeah, it was the perfect storm, and the Bruins got obliterated. Look, there's part of me that says, you know what, with the over cautious, that they, they maybe they dig in defensively for Swayman, and after such a brutal defensive effort, that's the one fear I have with the over here. But I think Mm -hmm. they're still going to – even if they try their damnedest, I think they're still going to give up a couple goals because Buffalo's scoring. You've still got a depleted defense. McAvoy could come back, Jimmy. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm hearing game-time decision tonight uh, for Charlie McAvoy uh, for this game. Uh, So that would definitely help. Uh, But he helps offensively. You know, every bit as much as he helps.
1: McAvoy's in. in. Yep, and Kevin Miller's back in as well. So the only two – Regulars they're missing tonight will be Matt Grislich and uh, Brandon Coward.
2: All right. So there it's a little healthier. So there you go. Uh, And Mike Riley's in.
1: Curtis Lazar is a game-time decision too.
2: Yep. And Mike Riley is a good – not not that he's a bad defensive defenseman, but he's good. The the offensive end is probably where he's a little bit – thrives a little bit more. That's Mm going to help. Taylor Hall being here. You know, he he could give them a little jolt off, especially that second line. The one thing he does do is pass the puck. Well, he hasn't scored a lot, but playmaking's been more of his thing, could open up the ice. And look, everybody, all the analytics people that are, are supporting this deal say Taylor Hall is great generating chances off the rush. And guess what? Bruins have had miserable time of it generating chances off the rush. So that could be a fit. We'll see if it is here. I still like this over, even though it looks like the Bruins are getting a little bit healthier tonight on the blue line. I definitely like it. Buffalo, Boston, over 5.5. Uh, Jimmy, you mentioned hitting that Washington puck line. Great call on your part. And even our get Sunday guest, a pro hockey player, a Devin Didio omedi he was on the show with me on Sunday. He, he took that Capitals puck line, too. It was plus 230. Uh, so credit to him for picking that as well. A great job. And you're right. I, I, I went conservative. I was only on money line with Washington there. In that game at minus 125, I I should have had a little bit more uh, uh, faith and uh, confidence in uh, the Bruin, the league or blue line getting absolutely shellacked in that game. uh, And they sure did. I'm sure they're going to want to play better, but I still like the over. I think Buffalo can still score. I think the Bruins will score a bunch tonight. I think you're going to see them flying offensively and getting after it uh, against this Buffalo team. Buffalo's still giving up goals uh, regularly on a nightly basis. So I'm with you. Like yeah, one it over the too,
1: One other thing with this game, too, uh, it might be worth it. Just if you have a little extra flow to throw around on a player prop would be Jake DeBrusk to score. I, you know, Jake DeBrusque was, uh has had a horrible season. He's been in and out of the lineup. He's been hurt. He had COVID. He's been a healthy scratch. And he was constantly in trade rumors, leaning into the deadline. And I, I think if you asked him point blank off the record, you know, did you think you were going to make it through the deadline and still be a Bruin? I think he'd say no. So I wonder now with him being here still kind of getting that weight off his shoulder and putting that all behind him, I wonder if he kind of, you know, opens the floodgates on his scoring. And he might be worth a because I am I'm I haven't even looked at it. I'm guessing it can get some pretty good value right now on a Jake DeBrus considering the abysmal season he's had. But he's due to go on one of his little stretchers.
2: Yeah, you can get probably plus three fifty. I'm seeing in some spots with him uh, to score okay. a goal, so not a bad, bad price at all. There, Jake DeBrusque plus three fifty, a uh, small flyer. Jimmy says might be worth a look there. Philly and Washington uh, next game. Philly, uh, sorry, Washington minus one fifty home favorites. Total six six and a half, depending on where you look. This is. A, I hope there's goals tonight uh, because this is another one I like goals to be scored in Flyers and Capitals over. I'm gonna look. This is also scary a little bit to take this team, but I'm on the Flyers here at a plus price. Washington is still very shaky defensively. They really are. And obviously they held Boston to one goal the other night, give them credit for that. But um, to me, Washington can go uh, not much more than a game or two, and they they give up a lot of chances. And the Flyers could pounce on those. And for the Philadelphia Flyers, you got to look at, these games coming up after just letting that game slip away against the Buffalo Sabres. These are, in every game, you got to get the two points now. There's very very little margin for error. Uh, You could say that maybe that's the straw that breaks the Camels back, the loss against the Buffalo Sabres, because they had a 3-2 lead and they lost it late and lost 5-3, a brutal uh, collapse by the Flyers late. But I think they've got one more rear back and give it one hell of an effort tonight off that really debacle of a loss the other night, or Sunday afternoon, I should say, uh, against the Buffalo Sabres. They did beat Boston the day before that. I think it's a solid bounce-back type spot for Philly. They need this game desperately. Uh, Washington is still not playing the defense. They're they're lighting it up offensively, and Mantha makes them even more explosive. But they're still yielding danger chances. Their expected goals against numbers are very, very uh, mediocre at best. They are winning despite giving these great a chances to the opposition, and they're getting away with it right now. Um, so I'm going to go with Philly uh, on the uh, as an underdog here, plus 130, and also uh, over the total of six. They're still over six, minus 120, minus 125 at some spots. So for me, I'm going to go Flyers over the total as well uh, in this matchup. A big one for the Flyers. Every game is significant now for them. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? Flyers-Capitals.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I like your rationale on Philly there, and they've kind of been a lot like the Bruins, uh, they're one of these sort of win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Like, geez, like make up your mind here uh, with these guys. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe just because it, it, recency bias. I, I saw the Capitals a, a little bit more recently than I did the Flyers, uh, one day to be exact. But I, I just – and I know it was a poorish defense there. You know, it was kind of a wash. But I still – I mean, you know – Good teams, when they have an opportunity in front of them like that, they take it and they they execute, and that's what they did. And um, I got a feeling about the Capitals right now that we're going to see them go on a little run, uh, or maybe a big run, I should say. So I'm going to go with the Capitals in regulation in this game. Uh, I like them to get the win. I just – I can't – Philly, for me, they're, they're too baffling for me. I almost didn't even want to touch this game just because of how baffling Philly is to me, but I will go with the Caps in regulation.
2: All right, caps and regulation minus 110. Yeah, I'm taking a little bit of a, you know, not, not shot in hey, the dark. Because Philly, Philly, yeah, Philly on their best day can still go for it. But I think this is backs against the wall time for the Flyers here. And, and I'm sure they're going to hear about it from Alain Vigneault. You can see it on the bench. He was steaming. When they gave up the tying goal and then the go-ahead goal right after that, uh, he was just – Especially after the way they played like, against the
1: Bruins. <laughs> I mean, they they, yeah. they played so great against the Bruins on Saturday. I was really impressed by them. And then – what the
2: hell is this? Yep, they just uh, defensive breakdowns left and right down the stretch of that game uh, to the Buffalo Sabres. Who, oddly enough, have their number because now they've beaten Philly twice in a row. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers. So uh, I like the over, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a chance with Philly. And it's more because Washington is not locking it down defensively enough. Where I feel comfortable minus one fifty with them tonight against a desperate hockey team. And I think the Philadelphia Flyers are a desperate hockey team right now. Uh, Calgary-Toronto. Toronto minus 165. Home favorites. Total five and a half uh, in this one. This could be David Riddick making his Leafs debut and against his former team. Uh, it sure seems that way. Hasn't been confirmed yet. Uh, but it'll be uh, Markstrom in net. He is there with the team. He's taking his team picture uh, yeah. this morning. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I I, I heard the guys on um, Hockey Central on Sportsnet. They said that he said to reporters yeah this is my game day so I can't talk there to you, you so we'll see yep. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be in that there and man he's going to love to get a, a win right away against his old team
2: and the one thing he is is competitive and he's fiery mm-hmm. and he wants to win he wants to be good he's not always the good of course we know that he's had some really bad games and he's had a tough season I think last year and even a little bit the year before but when he's on his game and you know he's going to be motivated tonight uh, against this Calgary team um Look, Calgary was good against Edmonton, but Devin and I talked about it on Sunday's show. That scheduling, the NHL should be uh, just crucified for that scheduling thing they did to the Oilers. You know, four games in six days on the road, and they had the Colby Cave Memorial. You're going to force that team to play on the same day they're having a memorial for a, a teammate that was beloved that died tragically. Come on, man. How tone deaf can you be? Really, how how unsympathetic? Can you be to a team in that situation? Normally, when Connor McDavid or anybody complains about, oh, the schedule's too tough, the schedule too many games. I say, you know what? Shut the fuck up. You're getting a ton of money. Uh, you know, you're getting you're paid a lot to to play in the NHL. You can handle the schedule. But this is different. There's an emotional situation attached to this. This is a memorial for a fault a, a lost teammate who passed away. And they forced you to play Calgary that same night. I thought it was terrible. Uh, that they did that to Edmonton and Edmonton was predictably total no show flat as a pancake against Calgary. Do we give Calgary credit for that win? Yeah, they played good. Uh, But some of that I think was the schedule and the situation conspiring against the Oilers uh, on Saturday night. So That's the issue here for me uh, in this game. How much do you want to make a big deal out of that great, great dominating win for Calgary? I'm not sure, and I'm sure as hell not betting the Leafs off a loss, and I'm sure as hell not betting against the Leafs with a motivated Dave Riddick and his debut with this team against his former team. So for me, I'm not involved in the game, but I'll lean to Toronto uh, in regulation in this game after the disappointing setback. They weren't happy with the way they played against Montreal. Predictably, they were bad in the first period. Montreal jumped on them after the bad loss to Winnipeg. I think Toronto's heads were in the clouds. They didn't say it, Jimmy, but they were. Their heads were in the clouds with the Felino trade. Oh, look at all this. We're making that Stanley Cup push, and they were not ready to play last night against Montreal. I think they'll be better tonight. I lean to the Leafs in regulation. Jimmy, what do you think? Calgary, Toronto.
1: You know, this, it, this is kind of a tough game, um, you know, and I think I'm going to do a lean as well. I'm with you, like, you know, you kind of look, they played last night, Calgary's rested. Also, let's uh, not forget uh, a big milestone for a Calgary Flame tonight is Milan Lucic is playing in his 1,000th game, his career game. Man, that's hard. It makes me feel old. I, I covered his first, uh, his first training camp ever, so uh, it shows you how old I am. Uh, but, I'll, you know, it's a tough one to see now, but I, I agree with you. Toronto definitely is going to want to bounce back there, and I think the Riddick Factor there, playing his old team, like you said, a very competitive guy. Uh, I would lean towards the Leafs in this, in the money line, but it's just a lean.
2: Into uh Toronto in regulation. Tampa Bay, Nashville, next game on the uh, slate here. Tampa Bay about a minus 165 to minus 170. Road favorite total, five and a half in this one. Yeah, I, I, I lean a little bit to Nashville here, just a little, because these games mean so much to them. They beat Dallas in a shootout on Sunday night. They're playing for their playoff lives. And look, uh, David Poyle, they didn't do much, but they added Gabranson from Ottawa at the trade deadline. And that was proof right there. They aren't selling anybody just as we thought. You know, they have played themselves right back into the playoff mix that they didn't part ways with Ekholm. They didn't part ways with Granlin, Arvidsson, any of these guys that were in trade discussions for the last month or so. No, of course not. You've worked your way back into the playoffs. you got a GM that knows nothing but – compete for the playoffs and compete to win in the playoffs. You're going to tell David Poyle, you know what, sell the guy that hasn't done that in 20 years as a GM Nashville, just as you get back into the mix, no way, not a chance, not a chance he was going to be doing that. Uh, so it's not, not a shock whatsoever that this team is, you know, going to try to make a run at it. And I think it's just a little, I think they're stunting their long-term uh, rebuild uh, because I think this is just a little blip in the radar, what they've gone through. And I think it's going to be a tough as shit for them to get, through this very, very difficult competitive Western Conference playoffs or divisional playoffs, I should say, when you've got Tampas and Floridas and Carolinas in that division uh, ahead of you. But, hey, they're going to give it a go. They're going to give it the college try. Uh, you can't really fault David Poyle for that. I lean to Nashville here. I mean, I think Tampa Bay did a great job getting Sabard from Columbus. It's amazing. All the teams competing in the East with Columbus or, or with Tampa Bay wanted Sabard. And then the team that gets them is probably the team that everybody's trying to get Savard to, be, to beat them against. And that's Tampa. So uh, what a job by the lightning. I mean, the, the rich only get richer uh, getting him and wait till they get Kucherov back in the playoffs. You know, he hasn't even played all season. So man, Tampa Bay, they aren't going away. They're not going anywhere. Uh, they are going to be right there uh, in terms of the Stanley cup conversation once again, but in this spot at this price, I do lean a little to Nashville here. They have played a little bit better, more competitive the last couple Uh, against tampa it's not going to be easy Uh, but they did lose to tampa just on saturday little revenge spot as well who knows if the pieces are going to mesh and this could be toronto last night what tampa's like today they make these trades they're all excited they're all giddy and then they're a little bit unfocused and not quite on their game on the ice in that first game you could see that from the lightning so i'm going to sprinkle 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 a little bit on nashville here as a home underdog jimmy what do you think lightning and predators
1: Yeah, I I like a great game from Nashville, too, here. But I like a great game from the Lightning the other way. So, what I'm going to do is go with the draw here. I I smell extra time in this game, maybe an overtime or even a shootout. Uh, Nashville, like you said, fighting for their lives here. So, they're going to go down swinging. And obviously, what, you know, what Poyle did at the deadline there, even though it's a depth move, like you said, in cell. So, clearly, that's the game plan is to go down swinging here. And that's what they'll do tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. All
2: right, a draw. Oh, that's a good bet. That's a good. That's a good uh, consideration. No question. I think it'll be a tight competitive game. Should could be lower scoring as well uh, with these two teams and the draw. You get a very good price on that draw. Is currently plus three forty uh, for this game with the uh, Lightning uh, and Take the that. Predators. All right. Yeah, it's a really good price, and I could just be in a one-goal game either way. Uh, between these two tonight. Uh, next up, now we've got, and Saros has been amazing, too, of late for the uh, Nashville Predators. He really has. He's, he's finally living up to being the goalie that's not inconsistent. He's stepped out of Pekka shadow. shadow. has established himself firmly as the number one. Uh, even, as I like to call him sometimes, I'm not a big fan of him as a coach, but even numbnuts, uh, John Hines has figured out. Uh, that hey maybe we should be starting uh, we should be starting UC Saros now every game with the way he's playing and he's certainly uh, doing that right now uh, for uh, Nashville and playing great uh, in that. All right, final game Florida Dallas. Uh, we've got the Florida Panthers uh, minus uh, 115 to minus 120 road favorites total five and a half shaded to the under um, classic uh, revenge spot Florida. Just they weren't ready to play against Dallas Saturday. What were they down three nothing after the first period? Joel Quenville, about as angry as he's been with his team all season after that game, after that start. I expect a response from Florida. I still think for the better of these two teams, Brandon Montour, a good pickup from Buffalo on that blue line. He'll make his Panthers debut. You might see Bennett as well, and I think a motivated Sam Bennett. All he heard in Calgary was he stinks, he sucks. You're a problem. You you know you're causing an issue with this team. And now he's got a fresh start. Watch him. Maybe, maybe Sam Bennett goal-scoring props. Uh, something to look at. Someone that's motivated, playing on a better team, better situation. Forwards that are big-name forwards, but they actually play. You know, they actually make an impact on games, unlike Goudreau, unlike Monaghan in Calgary. He'll be around guys that actually make an impact. Huberto, Barkov, Verhage, Hornquist. He'll be around forwards that actually do damage offensively during games. Uh, unlike guys that should do damage and don't, which uh, has been the case with uh, Goudreau, Monaghan, and uh, so many of the Flames this season. So I think it's a good situation for Bennett. Great bounce-back spot for Florida after uh, losing to Dallas. Uh, I'm going to go with them here. Reasonable price. You only have to lay minus 115, minus 120. And I know Dallas is still battling for the playoff spot, uh, play uh, tr- get back in the mix, but a disappointing setback for them against Nashville uh, on Sunday. And with Florida losing to Dallas so decisively on Saturday, I think there's definitely an incentive for Florida to, hey, get some payback. And their road record is still good. Even though they've kind of gone through a little bit of a funk the last few games, Florida, they're still, I believe, 12-8 and eight on the road this season, which is very, very impressive. They've got more road wins than Dallas has home wins. Dallas has only eight home wins this year. So I like Florida here at the small road favorite price around minus 115. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Panthers and Stars.
1: Well, you know, it took us to the last game, but uh, Jimmy Puckline's coming out for this one. Give me the Panthers on the Puckline. I love that value. Uh, this is going to be a juiced-up Panthers squad. Uh, the fact that, you know, like I said, he gave up a lot, but the fact that Bill Zito went out and did something like that and added a Sam Bennett to the lineup, I think, you know, will really resonate in that dressing room and say, hey, our GM believes in us. Our coach believes in us. Uh, they think we can do something here in the playoffs. It's not going to just be, oh, the Florida Panthers made the playoffs. Woo-hoo, and who cares? We lose in one round. At least we made the play. No, that attitude is changing in Florida as we speak, and they expect to do more than just one, win one round, and I think that that confidence that, that they get from that deadline yesterday will show in the game tonight. So I like the uh, Panthers minus one and a half.
2: All right, liking the puck line here. Jimmy, puck line plus 220 uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers minus one and a half goals in this one. Uh, I'm going with the uh, money line just a little bit uh, safer with it, but I like them here. I think it's a good situation here, bringing in the new guys, a little infusion of energy, uh, losing to Dallas over the weekend. Uh, And by the way, Chris Drieger in net has actually played Dallas very well this year, Uh, and I've got no issues with him. He's had a good season. He's played extremely well head-to-head against the Stars. He's got great numbers, Chris Drieger, uh, for the Florida Panthers in net against Dallas. So no problem at all. It'll be him and Anton Hudobin. Uh, your goaltending matchup here uh, in this game between Florida and Dallas. Great stuff, Jimmy. Uh, uh, Great to have you back on the show uh, on this Tuesday. Uh, Reminder to uh, everyone uh, in the uh, chat that we're uh, on seven days a week uh, on YouTube, uh, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, uh, noon Eastern, and make sure you download the Ice Guys podcast and audio form on all major podcast platforms if you can't watch us live. And also, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. It is a great time of year, uh, obviously, to sign up uh, for DraftKings and that Sportsbook app. There is NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball uh, on a daily basis, uh, which is exciting, no question about that. Uh, NFL Draft is coming up later this month. You know that there is going to be, as finally there, we got the logo on the screen, DraftKings promo code THPN. The NFL draft is later this month. Uh, There's going to be all kinds of great draft props that you'll be able to bet on uh, in a couple of weeks' time with the draft. Uh, It is a great time to get involved with a DraftKings sportsbook account, and all you have to do is download the app, sign up for that account, and use the promo code THPN to be eligible for uh, deposit bonuses, weekly specials, and incentives each and every week with DraftKings and using that promo code THPN. All right. It is time for best bets for this Tuesday. I'm starting to heat up again with the best bets. Uh, The uh, peanut gallery that was upset with my best bet performances last week recently. uh, We're silencing them a little bit the last few days, three straight best bet winners for me. I'll try to make it four in a row tonight. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you. What do you like for the best
0: bet?
1: I'm going to go with that over in the Rangers-Devils as my best bet there. Uh, I Like like I said earlier, I love the offense that could be exploding in this game, so giving that over is the best bet.
2: All right, Rangers-Devils over six uh, around even money. That is the best bet for Jimmy. Mine's also going to be an over. It's Buffalo. It's Boston. uh, It's over five and a half, minus 110. Uh, I like that one. It was definitely the clear best bet in my initial look at the Tuesday card overnight. And even though Boston is getting a little healthier on the blue line, they also had Mike Riley, an offensive-minded defenseman. Taylor Hall, get them a little bit more up front. Uh, and I think you see those guys really show up. So Boston-Buffalo, for me, uh, over 5.5, uh, minus 110. Uh, that is going to be uh, my best bet for this Tuesday NHL card. And that will wrap up this edition of the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, for Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian uh, and Cameron. Before we go... Before, go ahead. before yeah. we go, I didn't
1: mean to cut you off, but uh, I didn't know if you saw it. Um, they just announced, well, in the last hour they announced, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, uh, the NHL has rescheduled, uh, and this is good for uh, Terry Edelman. I hope he doesn't have a day job, but uh, this is good news for him. Uh, the Minnesota Wild-Arizona Coyotes game, originally scheduled for 8 p.m. Central tomorrow, has been rescheduled to 1 p.m. Central uh, for tomorrow afternoon. So that will right. go on right as we come on air.
2: Just remember that. All right. Yeah, 1 p.m. central, 2 p.m. East. that's good. I'll have it on my television in the foreground here. Arizona Minnesota little uh Wednesday afternoon matinee hockey. Uh I'll never turn I'll never say no. Let's not put a a weekday afternoon game. Oh, yeah. you know, I work from home 7 days a week. I'm always home. I've always got the TV going while I'm working in the background. <laughs> no problem for me. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yep. hockey uh during the week. I love it. All right. So a uh, great stuff, guys. Thanks for tuning in. The show is growing daily rapidly and stay tuned. We're, we're going to have a little discussion. We're going to get Alex back in the fold. he will be coming back from his family, uh, situation back home. Once he does, we're going to have a nice little ice guys crew discussion about when to make and schedule our next bet cast. Uh, Cause we're definitely going to have another bet cast for sure. Probably at the, toward the end of April. And then we'll try to get them going regularly, you know, once a week uh, for the rest of the season and into the playoffs, we're going to have a lot of, With these betcasts, no question, especially when the playoffs begin. Uh, So, stay tuned. We'll have many more live ice guide betcast shows uh, coming up in the weeks and the months to come, especially when the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. So, we are excited and very much looking forward to that. That'll wrap up this show for Jimmy Murphy. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the the Hockey Podcast Network.